Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two friends will discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week. Madison, where are we going today? <laughs> I called you Did Madison. You... I've never called you yeah. Madison before. <laughs> Madison. And you're also normally like, I'm Sabrina. And I'm oh, <laughs> shit. I'm Sabrina. <laughs> and I'm Maddie. Or and Madison. I really thought I had that so well. You were doing so good. You were doing so, so uh. good. I was actually describing the podcast to someone the other day, and I was like, oh, well, you know, we have we have a scary story and a crime story, but we like to travel, too, and I'm going through this whole thing, and I realized, oh, okay, so there's two friends, and we discuss a true crime and a paranormal story in a new city every week. She goes, oh, okay, that's really cool. Like, that's literally why we say this, is it describes the whole podcast, and I'm here like an idiot trying to describe it in detail, and it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, 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 yes. You know what, season two, I'm going to kill it. Yes, yes, but where are yes. we going today, Maddie, not Madison? Yes, <laughs> today we are going to Cape Breton in Nova Scotia, or Cape, you told me that Cape Bretoners don't like to be referred to as being in Nova Scotia, so I'm like, uh, they are Cape Breton, Canada. Yes, yes, yes. no, okay. that's, that is honestly how my grandparents would do it. Um, okay. And honestly, everyone I talk to, and they're like, I'm from Nova Scotia. I'm like, oh, cool. My dad's from Cape Breton. And they're like, yeah, no, that's two separate places. Oh, okay. It's okay. an island, um, and they're honestly very different. The Both both Nova Scotia and Cape Breton are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cape Bretoners have a very distinct culture and sense uh-huh. of humor. Um, uh-huh. And everything is very distinct. Okay. So they like to, and like, I get that. I come from a country where there are two islands in one country, and we like to distinguish ourselves. I am from Nevis. I am not from St. Kitts. Um, and to be honest, we kind of don't always like each other. Yeah. yeah I used yeah, to get yeah. that as a child. You're from Nevis. I always thought girls from Nevis were ugly. And look at you. And it's like, that's still mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's still offensive. <laughs> yes. But yeah, you yeah, know, that's, it's, uh, it's mostly joking, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe not. I know, I know Cape Bretoners have this weird thing with Newfoundlanders uh, uh, because Newfoundland was the last province that joined Canada. Mm-hmm. So the joke is they're slow. Oh. And so my grandfather is continuously, did you hear about the Newfie? And on the rare occasion, that's an actual, did you hear about the Newfie who did this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's wild. Other times it's a joke and it's like, did you hear about the new fee? And my grandfather seems because I'm not Canadian, I don't understand anything in a loving way. Because he'll finish the yeah. joke and then he'll turn to my grandmother and be like, Sharon, I don't think she got it. She didn't get it, Sharon. She didn't get it. <laughs> like it's the joke that the whole family is now, oh, Sabrina didn't get it, Sharon. She didn't get it. <laughs> but yes, new fees are slow and all Cape Bretoners make fun of them. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. So, uh, actually, on that, I grabbed a, I've got different types of facts for you today. Ooh, I I'm don't excited. have the normal facts that I normally do because, unfortunately, the internet doesn't distinguish Cape Breton from Nova Scotia. Right. So, when right. I looked up facts, I got Nova Scotia facts. And while a lot of them probably are similar, I found, written by a Cape Bretoner, 21 true Cape Breton facts, which means Ooh. they're all wild. Oh, okay, I'm ready. Someone just sarcastically going through their culture. (laughs) 
Okay. I'm ready. Let's go. I skipped the first two because I think you actually have to understand the cultural reference behind that, and I don't. Okay, so starting at number three, it says, while driving, the blinker is entirely optional, and other drivers will appreciate your air of mystery. <laughs> also, everyone has the right of way all the time, except <laughs> in the Sobeys parking lot, where men abide by no law, and only the strong will survive. <laughs> and we discovered everyone in Cape Breton drives a Dodge Ram, a blue Dodge Ram everyone and we just happened to rent a blue dodge ram the amount of times we were standing in a parking lot like shit <laughs> number six is dinner is lunch number seven okay. is supper is dinner which is something i struggled with dealing with multiple cultures in my family dinner and supper they mean the same thing but they also mean different things and it's very frustrating yeah that that's the same way in uh the south in america dinner is like five o'clock to six o'clock and supper is like seven o'clock to eight o'clock yeah and for me supper and dinner are just what you eat in the evening right right, right but right. like I moved to Canada and and you know well isn't it a little late for that and it's like I just want to eat food before I go to bed exactly and, and then I'm here in Spain and I eat at 10 p.m every night like, yes yeah well and I to make it even worse like I've got a much younger sister so while we grew up, dinner might have gotten later, but I have a 12-year-old sister, so we always ate earlier because kids have to eat earlier. Yep. yep. So now I'm 26, and I'm like, it's 6 o'clock. It's time for dinner. Yep. We need to eat. Yep. And it's 9 o'clock. It's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number eight is lunch is a snack before bed, which I know nothing about that. And oh. number nine is breakfast is still breakfast, which is somehow the weirdest part. <laughs> Breakfast is still breakfast. And chicken balls are traditionally are considered traditional Chinese cuisine. And there's a little asterisk. And it says chicken balls are also known as sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> Which then they say this is a Canadian thing. And it's like, I have never heard a Canadian refer to them as chicken balls. <laughs> but that's fun to know. And I will now be ordering chicken balls. <laughs> Just goes to a Chinese restaurant. Be like, yes, can I get the chicken balls, chicken balls please? please? And number 11 is one that my grandfather takes very seriously, okay? Mm -hmm. We make fun of people who play the violin because we play the fiddle. Uh, and that is very serious. Okay. Um, so everybody plays this guitar. We don't teach it in school or anything. It just worked out that way. <laughs> number 13 is our potholes are bigger than your potholes. <laughs> which I don't know I'm living in Winnipeg and that the ice and snow group destroys our roads I watched oh, a Escalade yeah. drive by the other day and mm -hmm. I thought it was like a like one of those um hydraulic cars and it was bouncing along and I was like oh yeah and then I realized oh shit no he's bouncing through potholes oh my god <laughs> and that's bad because Escalades have a smooth ride yeah Okay, if you tell people you're from Cape Breton, they will trust you with their firstborn child, which makes it makes kidnapping them very easy. <laughs> but that is, I always thought my dad, and you know, times change as well. So dad always talked about how extremely friendly Cape Bretoners are. And of course, my dad actually, he didn't honestly live there very long. Uh, he was born there. And then my dad, my grandfather joined the, Ar the Air Force. Don't mix that up. And they moved around a lot. So I thought, you know, yeah, in the 60s, every city was nice. But yeah. no, they are ridiculous. My dad pulled into someone's driveway to just get directions. And before he got out, he joked, oh, she's probably putting on tea now. Yes, we all had to go sit in her living room and drink tea 
while she tried to figure out how we could possibly be related. We were. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was also really cool going there because I, you know, I'm from a country where I'm technically not from. So like all the roads are named after my friends' families, but I didn't have anything like that. And my family is a very big, very well-known family there. And so like I'm driving down Mullen Road and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this road is named after my grandmother. Or like the whole family would have lived on this road at one point. So they just named the road after that. Like I found yeah. a picture of my grandfather in the museum. That was cool. My great grandfather. That was really cool. That's cool. And my aunt was a very famous fiddle, not violent, fiddle player. Fiddle player. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and it was really cool to find my name there. But yeah, no, everyone is related somehow, which is also kind of, you know, maybe. It's like Iceland. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and there are times, like, I did my Ancestry.com a while back during COVID because I was bored out of my mind. And, like, I know the MAC, we were talking about this earlier, MAC and MC are very different. But mm-hmm. when a McDonald marries a McDonald, it's like, oh, no. Just like I, I had a McMullen marry a McMullen in the past. And then I also had a McMullen that married a Mullen. And it's like, no. No. Yeah, yeah we, we, you'd have to go back a good way. But you do share the same DNA at some point. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So, yeah, we also had a Dan and Joanne marry in the past, which are my parents' names. And it's like, I don't love this. Yeah. Or they were cousins or something. It's like, no, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, no, out. out, out. <laughs> so the highest point in Cape Breton is White Hill Lake. Nobody knows or cares about this fact. So there's that. The rest of, oh, and this I understand. The rest of Cape Breton resents Sydney. Sydney resents Halifax. Halifax doesn't worry about this too much at all. <laughs> e- each small town represents the town, or hates the town that's slightly bigger than it. Right. Right, meat right. darts is more fun to talk about than to actually play, and I don't know what meat dart is. No, I have no idea. <laughs> meat Cove has very dangerous cliffs and very tasty chowder. I did go to Meat Cove. Uh, beautiful. I don't eat chowder, though, so. <laughs> that was the downside of all of Cape Breton, and they're like, oh, you have to have our clam chowder. It's the best. And it's like, I would rather die. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Cape Breton's. Cape Bretoners wear a tartan so that lions can tell one Cape Bretoner from another. To this day, we have had zero lion attacks on Cape Breton Island. <laughs> so, like, good to know. I'm, I'm glad I brought my own tartan while I was there, but I didn't nice. see any lions. Nice. And that is it. We end with a good Cape Breton has never had a lion attack. So that's cool. Nice. Yay. Good for Cape Breton. <laughs> Okay, so Maddie, would you like to tell me, I actually have, I've done a month long, I've never camped before in my life, and my parents thought doing a month of camping was going to be the best idea, so oh. I have done a whole month of camping in Cape Breton before. Oh, okay, so, so you might know, yeah. oh, and dad, dad made a point to go everywhere. Yes, 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 so That's, let's where do I see. Go? Where do you go? Where did you go? So, did you go to number 10, which is Inganesh Beach? Uh, yes, and I saw a ghost there. You saw What? <laughs> we did a ghost tour. It was not a real ghost. Uh... We met uh, the lady. She was playing along very well, and she was in white, and we had to meet her on the beach, and she was standing off on the beach, and she acted surprised that she could see us. However, we stayed at a... We were only there because there was a storm, so we couldn't camp. So we stayed at, it, honestly, you've seen Dirty Dancing, right? Yes. I'm, I'm certain we stayed at the Dirty Dancing Hotel. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I heard creaking or something 
from, I can't remember what it was, to be honest, I'm surprised they don't. Mum remembers me sharing this story, but I don't remember the story at all. But I heard creaking or something from another room. And during the tour, that room, we were informed that that room is quite haunted. Oh. So, yes. However, really? beautiful. I Actually, maybe I'll just post my pictures from my time there. I've only got yeah. 6,000 of them. <laughs> I say yes. Do post some of them for sure. That was the first trip I went in where went to where I really uh, flexed my photography skills. Nice. I had a wonderful time. If you are a photographer, go to Cape Breton. Yeah, it looks very nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Ah, yes. Okay, All number right. nine. Number nine, Sabrina. Have you been to number nine, which is Theater Badek? Badek. Badek. Yes. Yes. Because I can't it's... pronounce anything. Uh, uh, the Bador? No, Badek. Badek. It's not pronounced the way it's read. Just so you know, yeah. none of it is pronounced. Half of it's French, half of it's Gaelic. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you can't pronounce anything. But yes, I did. And I only know, I only remember that I was there because I can't pronounce it either. Yes. <laughs> All right. Did you go to number eight, the Middle Head Trail? I think so. I think I, I think I did that one on my own, actually. Oh. I hiked up it because it's supposed to have a stunning view. I got up there and it was just fog. Oh, no. (laughs) So it was a really nice, after hiking with, or camping with my family for a month, I just enjoyed the hike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. True, true, true. Uh, have you been to number seven, which is a Highland village? I don't think we, is that just what it's called? Yeah, it's just called the Highland village. It's a historical site and it looks just like a Highland village from Scotland. Ah, no, we didn't. Oh, it looks very interesting. It looks really, really cool. The only place I went to two places, I won't say them yet, just in case they're on your list, but I did go to two places that were historical and like I did a tour or, or something like that. Otherwise, we just explored like the nature of the island and gotcha. family. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So would maybe one of those be number six, the Cape Breton Miners Museum? Yes, because I actually got to go into the mine that my grandfather worked in. Oh, that's which cool. was. That was a really, like, I, I found this, like I said, it, this is the first time I've been connected to a fam- to my family before, and it yeah. was a very emotional experience to go down there, um, and, like, my grandfather, actually, like, I know him, we talk all the time, he actually worked in those coal mines, and um, it was a little heartbreaking, because they're not yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. That's actually when he joined the uh, Air Force, it was because he, he was in a uh, cave-in. And he said, oh. I could die in a cave where they never get my body, or I could die in the Air Force where, you know, at that time, they would not have shipped his body home. But yeah. at least the Air Force will take care of his family, right. where the mine just kicked the family out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, true. Yeah. True. Ooh. That is, it, it is a beautiful museum. Again, also mm. a beautiful place. Uh, if you're claustrophobic, just so you know, they do take, those mines do take you out well under the water. Oh. Um, and if you have a heart, yes, it's how everyone lived. Everyone, probably everyone on the island, their family either made money through the mines or going to the oil rigs in Alberta. But it is also really sad that that's the life a lot of people had to live. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm like, uh, how do I move on? Okay, let's go to number five. 
Sabrina, have you done the Skyline Trail, another hiking trail? Possibly. I assume number one is going to be the Cabot Trail. Uh, nope. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if it's the Skyline Trail. I don't think that's the Cabot Trail, but I would do the Cabot Trail. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, did you go to number four, the Alexander Graham Bell National Historic Site? Yes, we did, and I really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mom wanted to go. I completely forgot about that. My mom wanted to go, but my mom does stuff like that where she thinks the kids will want to, like, I don't know. I think sometimes she wants to do it because she couldn't do it as a kid, but also she thinks we'll want this educational experience. Right. So she went through the the... The grounds are beautiful, so my dad and I just walked out around outside and looked at the trees and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, yeah. 20 minutes later, my mom comes out and she's like, fine, we don't have to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it is cool. Um, to be honest, I don't recall, but I do think you're going to find your phone from high school in that museum, <laughs> which is not fun. True. But True. it is like, if, you, if I'm also just not interested in stuff like that. Like, you yeah. gave me the phone. I really appreciate it. Um, however... Yeah. The main telephone company here is Bell, named after Bell, and Bell uh, tricked me out of a lot of money, so we're not friends. Oh. And so I was also gotcha. in a mood while I'm there, and it's like, if you could give me my $80 back, that'd be real cool. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so number three, you already said you have been on, which is the Cabot Trail. I'm surprised that's only number three, but the Cabot Trail is beautiful. The Cabot Trail goes all the way around the north of the island. Um, oh. In fact, I think if you, a lot of the places that we might have been included on it, because it, it's quite far. Um, yeah. Stunning. You could drive it in a short period, and a lot of people say drive all the way one way and then drive all the way back the same, like do it twice. Yeah. Because it will be different depending on which direction you're pointing, and it's beautiful. Oh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Number two is the Cape Breton Highlands National Park, which include the main attractions of the Skyline Trail and the Middlehead Trail. Yeah. So probably drove through it a lot. Yeah. So it's just the natural park on the island. That's number two. Okay. And number three, is that the French Fort? Number one, Num sorry. Number one, is that the French fort? Number one is the fortress of Louisbourg. 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 Okay, I'm, I'm going to pull my mic away while I describe it, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the National Historic Site of Fortress of Louisbourg. Okay, that place is hot as shit. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, if you are lucky, I don't know how my parents did it, but you can spend the night there. I have oh. told you about this. Okay, yes. I am biased. Okay. So I we have an English fort in my country, which is big and beautiful, and we have lots of cannons. We're on a hill. It's a good fort. Yes. And then I've spent a lot of time in the San Juan fort, which I love. Also beautiful, big, overlooking San Juan, lots of cannons. And I get to this fort, and half of it's gone because they've just lost it. They're trying oh. to reclaim it and stuff like that. Yeah. which will come up in the future. That's part of the story. Um, but also, they got like six cannons and six feet of water facing each other. How is that going to work? Excuse me, explain that to me. But it's okay, they have baguettes. <laughs> yeah, There's, it says in the reviews, like, oh, they have fresh bread here. <laughs> yes, oh, and the bread is great. It's a fully yeah. functioning village. 
Yes. So you can yes. get like a 17th century lunch, which is really fun. There was a woman in there demanding gluten-free. I need gluten-free. And it's like, lady, this is the 1700s. Yeah. You're going to die in six years anyway. Just eat the gluten. <laughs> <laughs> but that is how we camped as well. Oh. We had, we camped like 17th century sailor or soldiers. So we had two sticks and a blanket. Oh, no. We had, like, a Fisher Price lantern, though, so it was battery-powered. It wouldn't blow out. And beforehand, once it, it is amazing that you can roam a fort at night. Um, it was a fun experience, but it's haunted. My brother and I took a walk down the peninsula, which is where we realized they've lost half of it, because we thought it was a very small fort. There's parts that are very nice and well upkept, up but then there's parts where it's like, okay, there should be more here. There's got to be more. Yeah. Yes. Well, as we walk down the peninsula, there are little signs that say, like, this should have been this, but we, unfortunately, it's gone, um, and blah, blah, blah. And then it just says, we don't know where, but there are graves everywhere. Oh. Yes, exactly. And I'm assuming you see this the same way I see this, where it's like, I don't want to uh, step on nobody. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And so my brother and I, we just stopped, we, and we didn't see this until we reached the very end of the peninsula. No. And it's like, okay, so we've got to get all the way back. We've already stepped on people. So we we just kind of screamed, I'm sorry. Yeah. We had to decide, okay, we could step on the tomb, on the rocks. That could be the tombstone, which is normally at the head and like not on somebody. Yeah. But surely if that that was, those are tombstones, people would know that's where the stone, the graves are. So maybe just random rocks. So are we better actually just stepping on the grass? Maybe that's not a grave. We weren't sure what to do, so we just yeah. ran as fast as we could and screamed, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, and we got all the way back there, and of course, my parents were standing at the top of the fort watching us do that. Yeah. Um, and then we get back, and, you know, it's nighttime, so we sleep with the lantern on, and my brother and I, we would never do this again, and we probably, he probably doesn't want me telling everybody we did this. We slept facing each other. Oh. Because it meant that you could see what's behind me and I could see what's behind you, so you're safe. But also, let's just look at each other and then we can't see anything. True, true. Uh, However, of course, that uh, traitor fell asleep. (laughs) And I had to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. And luckily, because my dad had bad knees, we had, um, they'd given us the keys so that dad could have technically slept in the soldier's barracks if he wanted to because his knees wouldn't allow him to get on the ground. Yeah. That was a big no for us. We told him he's going to have to get on the ground because the hall, like the the middle space, that could be haunted. The soldier's barracks is totally haunted. We're not sleeping in there. <laughs> and I was way too old, okay? Please understand that I take this stuff very seriously because yes. I needed to go wee, but I had to go through the soldier's barracks to get to the bathroom. So I had my dad stand outside the door. Oh. Like, Dad, if I start screaming, just come in and get me, okay? Even if my pants are yeah. down, it's fine. Just come get me. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, my brother and I are confident we heard cannons in the, in the night. Oh. Yes. Oh. So that place is haunted as shit. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. I mean, I'm pretty sure the whole island, like, these are old Gaelic people, which is where my story comes from. Even my grandmother is. Well, my dad informed me that my grandmother's a witch. Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was having issues in Beijing, and I will admit, it's a mixture of two things. I think I was hallucinating because Morgan wouldn't let me sleep, but I'm also confident that I was I was very far from my family, and so I had family that were staying with me to make sure that I swept. They gave yeah. me a broom in the middle of the night. They wanted me to sweep. 
And yes. I called my dad. I'm saying this to him. And of course, he's a lawyer. He's never let on that he's into any of this stuff, which right. will come up later in the future. And as I'm, I'm, you know, I'm expecting my dad to say, sweetie, you just need to sleep. Like maybe lock Morgan in the bathroom for the night and get a good night's sleep. Instead, he goes, well, you know, your grandmother's a witch. Like, thanks. thanks. Now I'm definitely not sleeping tonight. Yep. 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 So yeah, they definitely all believe in this kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. 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 Of course. But I would highly recommend, and I do actually, whenever any, whenever someone is talking about coming to Canada, I highly recommend the East Coast. Nice. And you will, like, it's not a joke. There are Kayleys everywhere. I discovered what a Kaylee was. It's just a big party with fiddle, fiddle music. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and, like, honestly, even if you're not invited, if someone's having it and you stand outside curious, you're, you're going to join. Yeah. You kind of yeah. don't have a choice. They're going to make you join. Yeah. When... When I was reading my case, they were like, yeah, the culture's just kind of like, you know, if someone's having a party, just show up with some food and you're like instantly invited. Like <laughs> Yes. And everything is a party, which I do struggle with my grandfather over that because uh, death, it's a celebration of life. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want that. Right. Uh, exactly. when, when my dog dies, I, I don't want to celebrate. Yeah. Um, however, my great grandfather, he was a alcoholic, as most uh, World War II vets were. Right. And I thought it was a joke. I've always heard this story, and my dad confirmed it the other day. He's like, "No, that's that's exactly what happened." When he died, well, what do you do with a with a re barely recovered alcoholic? When he's dead, you prop him up at the table, and he has one last drink with the boys. <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, totally. And my dad's like, no, they propped him up at the table. They poured him a glass of whiskey and everyone else drank and partied around him. Oh, I'm so glad we moved. Oh, yes. yes. As I'm here, like, no, you don't touch the dead. You don't look at the dead. You don't no, talk to no, the dead. No, no, you don't speak of the dead. You don't, you, you do yeah. nothing, nothing yeah. with the dead. But then again, if I'd grown up there, maybe it'd be normal to me. But True. yes, True. so everything is a party and do not try to outdrink them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they're descended from Irish, yeah. Scottish. Scottish. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, Maddie, so you have a true crime story for us today, don't you? I do. And I, on top of that, it's a true crime mystery. So I'm going to so. end up angry in the end. Yes, probably going to end up angry and probably going to end up very sad. So just prepare yourself for that. Um, so I am happy that we did narrow it down to Cape Breton because it brought this mystery to me. Um, I spent most of my day yesterday, like listening to podcasts and reading old newspapers and scouring Facebook pages to try and try to get the real story and also the theories of what happened in this case. Um, so firstly, listener discretion is advised, as this will be a little gruesome. And secondly, I have to give a big shout out to the Cape Breton community for keeping this case alive and fresh in the community's memory particularly the brother of one of the victims, Lauren Novak, who keeps going on podcasts, keeps giving interviews and keeps making posts and trying to solve this case. And also a huge shout out to Ken Jessam, who was a childhood friend of one of the victims and wrote some incredible art articles on gocapebreton.com. Um, between the two of them, this case is kept alive and well and hopefully will get reopened and truly solved one day. Okay. Mm. 
Yes. So with that disclaimer out of the way, I'm going to start with the official story, huge air quotes around Okay. Huge air quotes around official from the authorities. And then I'll jump into the community side of things and present some theories from the community and what they think happened. So let's dive into it. It is Thursday, July 9th, 1970. Three teenage boys, Kenny Novak, age 15, David Burroughs, age 17, and Terry Burt, age 20, set out from the town of Sydney River on Cape Breton. They were hitchhiking from Canada, supposedly going to Washington, D.C. The three boys crossed the border into the United States illegally and ended up in the town of Holton in Maine, which is five miles from the Canadian border. The boys were picked up and dropped off in Holton around midnight, where the trunk driver dropped them off two miles from the scene of the quote-unquote accident. The boys had no ID on them, and $6 between the three of them with sleeping bags and backpacks of canned goods and Canadian cigarettes. After traveling many miles that day and it raining very hard all day, the boys set up their sleeping bags on a set of train tracks. At 7 a.m. July 10th, a freight train came down the tracks. The train conductor, seeing something on the tracks, thinking it was just debris, began to slow down the train and blow the horn as he was rounding a sharp turn. As the train got closer, the train conductor realized that it was sleeping bags and locked the train wheels, but it was too late. The train, which was 20 cars long, ran over the three boys, instantly killing them. A newspaper article was published on July 11th in the Cape Britain Post, although the boys weren't yet identified. Over the weekend, the boys were identified by family, and on Monday, the boys' bodies were shipped back to Cape Breton, with another newspaper article published on July 13th. A quote from the July 13th article read, reads, quote, An autopsy report said that the three died from severe head and body injuries. Investigators from the Arustuk, Arustuk County Sheriff's Office ruled out the possibility of foul play, unquote. The Sheriff's Department continued to state that it has ruled out the foul play and the July 17th and July 23rd articles continuously saying that it was an unfortunate mishap. The case was ruled as an accident and the case was swiftly closed by the Arstook County Sheriff's Department less than two weeks after their deaths. Now, that is the official story. And Sabrina, I'm just wondering, are you seeing any red flags with this or have any questions popped up in your mind? <laughs> like, Well, I'm all? just not sure why three boys would look at train tracks and think that's a good place to take a nap. Right. Like, aside right. from the obvious dangers, they're, like, if you for some reason didn't realize they were active train tracks or train tracks at all, they wouldn't be comfortable. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's probably the big question of, like, why did they fall asleep on the train tracks? Um, the sheriff's department did kind of give an answer to this. They said the train tracks are on slightly higher ground. And since it was raining, it would provide shelter or a drier spot in some way. Okay, I could understand that. I just really wouldn't think everyone hitchhiked at that time. And I think in the 70s, everyone was pretty used to trains. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless, I, the only thing I could understand is maybe 
if one boy stayed awake and watched while the rest of them sleep and they took turns. But that also just sounds like more work than necessary. I would have just slept elsewhere. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. So for me, the first red flag is just how quickly the sheriff's department was like, yep, it's an accident. Three days after finding the bodies, they're already telling the press that there's no foul play, that it was just an unfortunate mishap. First of all, trains are loud. Like, I, my apartment building used to be by a train. Yeah. And it would wake me up, like, every single time. Surely, one of these boys would have heard the train and scrambled to get him and his friends off the tracks. The fact that none of them moved. Yeah. And that they could sleep through the train approaching. Not to mention, the sun rose at 5.30 that morning. So the sun was up and shining, like, on them? Yeah, does it say anything about their blood alcohol content? Uh, they say in the autopsies that they found no drugs. and No, no drugs. In their system. Yeah, okay. Well, I can't relate to sleeping that hard, but my brother might be able to. <laughs> I, I just, uh, that's no, a big red flag. All three of them, though, to be asleep. Like, I could understand one person, maybe you've got to wake him up and shake him. But right. No, and you know that train was probably blowing its horn at, well after the fact as well, probably. Yes. I just can't yes. see how all three of them didn't wake up. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And then the second red flag, I think, was the sheriff's department kind of laser focus. They focused really intensely on identifying the bodies and getting them shipped back to Canada. Like I mentioned, none of the boys had ID. But one of the boys had his name written into his sleeping bag, which is how the sheriff's department contacted the community. And then the community was able to put together of, oh, these three boys are missing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it reminds me of when they cremate a body real quick. Yeah. Kind of exactly. just get, the, get them back to their country and a different country. Uh, they'll probably be buried quickly and nothing can be looked into. Right, right. I think... Honestly, the sheriff's department just wanted to dust their hands of this case because these boys were outsiders. Like, yes. they weren't part of the community. They weren't locals. They were just passing through. There was no reason to investigate. It was an accident. It happened. Let's just close it, dust our hands of it, and keep going. Yeah, but now I'm super curious as to why any of this would happen. Right. And now I'm never going to get an answer. Maddie, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I, I have I have theories. I have theories. Okay. Okay. So stick with me. Then. Okay. So this case from the official story alone has so so many questions that need answers. Why did none of them have IDs? Why didn't they have any money? Why did they camp on the train tracks? Why were they going to Washington D.C.? Did someone kill the boys? If the boys were killed, who was the killer? Was this a cover up? Who was waiting for them in Washington D.C.? So let's dive into some theories of what possibly happened. One theory, which is the most tragic one, which is why we're starting with it, is that this was a suicide pact. Plain and simple. The boys planned to do this or planned to do something to take their own lives. The problem is, why America? Why this small town in Maine to do that especially when Cape Breton has its own trains like the idea that this was 
a suicide pact kind of implies that all of this was planned. Like they planned how to journey to the tiny town and just fall asleep on the tracks. So I don't know how much I believe of this one, especially when reading how family and friends describe the boys. For example, from Launchy McDonald, one of Terry's neighbors, she says, quote, I liked Terry and enjoyed conversations with him. He was interesting, a nice guy. I definitely remember talking to him on the fence in front of the post office. He was great to talk to about the ideals at the time, peace and love, and I guess freedom of the open road, unquote. Talking about Kenny and Terry, Pat Kennedy, another neighbor, recalls a story of a Friday night dance saying, quote, I remember Terry was sitting by himself on the edge of the stage having a smoke. People were just starting to drift in. Soul Sunny put on a song, Mississippi Queen, and Kenny jumped up on the stage and started dancing. Terry looked up at Kenny and burst out laughing. That's the last time I remember seeing Terry. It's a good last memory. Terry laughing with his friend and Kenny dancing, unquote. Now I know that oftentimes the happiest people on the outside are also the most depressed on the inside. So that could very well be the case as well, but I, I'm just not buying well, this and like suicide pact solution. Yeah, I could partially understand, you know, if I wanted to do that, maybe I wanted to be far from my family, um, and maybe I never wanted to be found. You know, they right. could just think I just left and I'm living a great life and I don't contact them. Um, which I personally, as someone who has a family member who just left and doesn't contact me, that I would think that actually be worse. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do that, because they didn't have any ID, so that could make sense. Did they forget that his name was on the sleeping bag? Like, or they just weren't very thorough. Cause again, they're yeah. very young. Like, cause like, I'm thinking like in the seventies, the U S could have felt far enough away that like, yeah, no, my family will never know about it, but I would have made sure that everything was gone. Yeah. yeah. But then yeah, again, yeah. you know, mom could have wrote your name on your sleeping bag when you were 12 and you completely forgot it was there. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much I'm buying the first theory. You know. Yeah. And like, yes, technically that it's it's an efficient way to do it, but you had to sit there and wait for the train to come. Yeah. Like I Yeah, and and like also the fact that there's not any second thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Well, you had the whole time you're laying there and the whole time you hear the train coming. I, of the three of them, one of them would have given up. Yeah. Or I, I guess the opposite actually would not have given up. Exactly. Like someone would have been like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I assume like, you know. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine. Um, luckily I've never been that low, but I have been yeah. low and I don't think if I was laying on a train track that at no point would I thought, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So that is probably the most tragic solution. So we're starting with that one and we're going to get more true crimey as we go. Um, so let's hop into our second theory, which is that drugs or gangs were involved. This is mostly from one member on the Facebook page searching for answers, the 1970 death of three Cape Breton youth in Maine um, from the Facebook user Aaron White, who says that during this time and place in Maine, there was a gang active in the community called the Mahaney Gang, who basically terrorized the town. The Sheriff's Department at the time even reported that, quote, 
Countless people have told me stories of the gang's bullying and terroristic behavior, unquote. Aaron White even found a man named Mahaney who lived in Holton and potentially was the leader of the gang at that time. So the theory is that maybe the boys were drug dealing on the side and drug smuggling across borders. And then something went wrong and they got tied to the tracks as punishment. It's an interesting theory for sure, but there's no evidence to suggest that besides the boys having the Canadian cigarettes with them and a pipe with them, but it was a pipe for tobacco, which was not illegal. Maybe this is also why the, no ID was found on the boys though, as maybe they were robbed by the gang in the town. It's an interesting theory and I do give some more weight to this one, although there's no evidence to prove otherwise, not to mention that Cape Breton is 500 miles from Holton. So how would these boys be connected to this gang to begin with? That would make so. sense to me if they were like, well, Cape Breton is also an island. If they lived in Nova Scotia and they were right on the border. Right. Like that would not. make sense. Like border towns would be a great place if you were going to run things back and forth. Mm -hmm. But Cape Breton, that'd be a... It's quite a distance and a journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Although, personally, I, I like that idea a little bit more. That sounds more possible. And it could also explain why the cops kind of pushed it off if they were like, you know what? They're foreigners. I don't want to start anything with this gang. Yep. So yep. the gang wins. We're going to move on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So our third theory and this gets really interesting, is that this was a cover-up for the Border Patrol. So let me explain. So a journalist named Dean Rhodes, yes? Mm. No, I was just gonna say, tell me more. This sounds interesting. Yes. I mean, so. Canada and the United States are known for having major border issues. <laughs> right, yes. So, a journalist named Dean Rhodes for the Bangor Daily News wrote and published an article on July 11th about boys illegally border crossing. The article is really short and reads, quote, about 11.30 p.m. Thursday, July 9th, U.S. Border Patrolman William Butterfield of Holton attempted to stop three hitchhiking youths on Drake's Hill at Holton, but the three fled while Robert Falk, acting chief, acting chief patrol agent of the U.S. Border Patrol's Holton office, said that Butterfield became ensnarled in traffic on Drake's Hill. While he turned around, the youths ran in the opposite direction. A later attempt was made by Butterfield to locate the trio using an unmarked car without success, unquote. Doesn't mention names. But that does put three hitchhiking youths around the same time, the same day, in the same location. Jake's Hill is about a mile and a half from the Canadian border and within the town of Holton. It was around this time that three youths from Canada approached a man named Roden Hunt outside of Drake's ice cream parlor and asked if Hunt could give them a lift. Hunt agreed and took the boys to the Samarian exit on Interstate 95. Hunt said that two of the boys were smoking and one of them was asleep holding his knapsack to his chest. 
Hunt let the boys out at around 11.45, the boys telling Hunt that they were going to the train tracks. Hunt stated that it was clear that the boys were on the run from Border Patrol. Now, did Border Patrol catch up to the boys and wanted to teach them a lesson? Did they maybe want to scare any Canadian youth into not crossing the border? Neither the Border Patrol or the Sheriff's Office ever admitted that any law enforcement officers were pursuing the boys that night. I gotta say, I don't, I don't feel this one. You don't it feel this one? No, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, if, like, let's just think now, there are police officers and stuff trying to teach people a lesson um, mm -hmm. that still happens. It's not done in a way that, you know, well, maybe the Border Patrol did. It's in a way that, look what happens when you fuck with Border Patrol. Yeah. So right. like this, like, this is completely, we're on, it's a possibility, but it didn't right. teach anyone a lesson because we can't confirm that. Right. I yeah, could understand more of if Border Patrol picked them up, beat the crap out of them and dropped them back off at the border, then I'd be like, yeah, they totally taught them a lesson and other people might think twice about doing it. Right. Um, but at the same time, this was also during the Vietnam War mm -hmm. when there were a lot of people fleeing the United States, men fleeing the United States and heading to Canada. Especially, yeah. like, they were going to, there was a lot of them in Cape Breton. My dad says he'd occasionally go into the bushes and find little huts that were made by them. Yeah. So there were weird things going on with Border, Border Patrol at the time. Um, as a Canadian, actually, that's what the couple bands learned the hard way. Don't get a visa to go to the United States at the time, because a visa will actually qualify you for the draft. Oh. Yes. Uh, so, Yeah. Border yeah. Patrol would actually probably do the other way around, and they check if you've got a visa. And if you've got a visa, guess where you're going? Right. Uh, this right. I, I can't see how though they just decide to tie three boys up and put them on a train track. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really vague. Like again, it's just like this article just says there was three youths in the area that Border yeah. Patrol tried to hunt down. We don't know if it's the same ones, different ones. I will say it's interesting that it's the journalists that brought more of this information to light like the fact that we have the guy hunt who admitted to like driving three boys to the train tracks basically mm -hmm. and the boys said that they were going to the train tracks and that that never came up in the official statement yes yeah. Well, and another thing is, is honestly, Border Patrol is allowed to hunt down three people that they don't yeah. think are legally in the country. So yeah. if that was the case, then the police could just say, yeah, we did, but we never got them, or we got them and took them back. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of extra information with this theory, but it's not as solid. Mm -hmm. Not super solid. All right, so we have our final theory. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say you were done, and it's like, girl, that does it. No. Okay, no. let's hear the final theory. Our final theory is that this was a hate crime. Tell me more. It's the 1970s. America is in its heights of the Vietnam War and has been raging for almost 20 years at that point by 1970. And so many people are sick of the Vietnam War that's leading to the hippie movement peace and love and freedom and long hair and this counterculture of sticking it to the man, man. Love it. Yeah. 
absolutely <laughs> and like we like to romanticize hippies today like we think it was great psychedelics music festivals everything but back then it was a hated counterculture movement mm-hmm. especially by older people and people who lived in the country now i did some get digging into holton the town itself so holton is a little country town only has a population of 6,000 to this day. This this ha- one's starting to sound like it's making sense, though. Mm. And it had a population of 8,000 in 1970. I looked up Holton's political affiliation for the 2020 election. Uh-oh. And 59% of them voted Republican, meaning for Trump. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I then looked up the voting in 1970 and yep still republican meaning that the community was most likely pro-war and very anti-hippie yes now the boys were said to have long hair and wear and would always wear jeans and that would easily get them viewed as hippies and foreign hippies at that yeah when at the time, like my dad also had long hair and jeans. Yep. Yep. So if you were a boy and had long hair in 1970s, it was enough reason for you to get beaten or killed, especially in these little towns with old fashioned values. Yes. So perhaps the boys were victim to someone in the community who really hated hippies, who maybe beat them or killed them and left them in their sleeping bags on the tracks not really sure but i think this is probably a strong theory and that someone in this town knows something well and if they didn't find um drugs that would this case this theory would make more sense because i don't know for sure never seen anything but i would assume being hit by a train would um really destroy a body yeah so any evidence of a murder would be like blood force trauma. Well, it's all blood force trauma. Right. Um, yeah. And if a majority of the town felt this way, if, and if a majority of the town's uh, powerful felt this way, the police are going to say, well, look at this accident. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention that um, Ken Jessam kind of hit on this really hard in his articles, but it's the fact that this community didn't question the officials as well mm-hmm. that they just blatantly took their word for it and he said it was like taboo to walk around cape breton and say triple murder triple homicide or whatever like you couldn't talk about it mm-hmm. we just had to say it's an accident so it's very don't say these words yeah but why can't we say these words I uh, couldn't walk around C- Cape Breton or couldn't walk around the t- town in Maine. I think both, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, both both sides, to be fair, feeling very different. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. Well, and even those of those the people that may not have felt that way, in a town that small, if the cops are saying this is what happened, it is kind of easy. If the majority of the town is saying this is happening, it's either easy to listen or very hard to voice alternate opinions. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sabrina, that is my case. And those are all the community theories. Um, 
now there is a change.org petition going around to get the proper authorities, I think the state of Maine to reopen this case, to mm -hmm. reinvestigate it. It has 2,500 signatures of the 5,000 that it needs. And it's kind of an older petition. So I am going to put a link to it in our episode description, if anyone would like to sign it to get justice for these boys or just to get to the bond with this. Um, I will also link the Facebook group that I did a lot of digging into. Um, if anyone wants to go and see what the community is saying, like I said, um, Kenny Novak's brother, Lauren, is still very active in this. He often goes on podcasts and answers questions, and he always posts those there. They're trying to get a plaque put up in Sydney River for the three boys, and the location they wanted to put it up got denied by the authorities um, under the guise that they couldn't put it there because it was quote unquote private property. Okay. So there's some stuff going on with that. And I hope that they can put up that plaque one day. Well, regardless, there were three boys that were, if it was an accident, which if it was an accident, that it's still a horrible death. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and absolute tragedy. Like it was not just one, but it was three three boys. How old were they again? 15, 17, and oh, 20. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, see, that's the weird thing about the 70s. It's like now it's like, okay, so like they were traveling alone. They were like in their 20s. It's like, no, they were 15. Yeah. Like that's. That's a child, and even 20, like, I'm sorry, I'm 26, and that's a child still. Yeah. <laughs> I've reached that age where I'm like, like, oh, baby, you're only 18. Yeah. Three families that lost, and it's a small town that they came from, so the whole town suffered. Like, yeah. regardless, that's a tragedy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope these boys can get a proper investigation, and this community can find closure, find peace, before before honestly they get forgotten because it was 50 years ago yeah so there are people who are going to remember this are starting to pass like yes, many family yeah, yeah. members of these boys have passed away without answers well even uh the youngest one was 10 years older than my dad yes yeah uh five years older than my dad and the oldest was 10 years older than my dad so yeah they're getting to my dad's age or they're older yeah. than my dad's. So, yeah, I get that. And, like, the adults and the, the, the adults that loved them are gone now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so now it's just the people that were their age, which, yeah, it's been 40 years, 50 yeah. years. 50 so, years. Yeah, things like that start to fade. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm glad I'm, his brother's still fighting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, so. I, I feel for his brother who's been carrying this for 50 exactly. years. Exactly. Yes. Still just asking questions, being like, this can't be it. Like, it can't just, it, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. And like, yeah, and I think it's his last brother as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope we get to the bottom of this mystery one day. If there are any big updates, I'll be sure to tag them into future episodes absolutely eventually yeah. we'll get to the point part where we'll have to start keeping each other up on the things we've covered yes yes, yes, yes. like the madeline mccann that turned out to not be madeline mccann true yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes all right Whew. okay I feel just like trying to make that lighter 
Yeah, I feel like I brought the mood like way down. Man. Well, I don't know what we expected when we decided let's talk about crime and ghosts. <laughs> like we're yeah. always sitting here like, how do we end this? Like, do we make a joke at the end of our each episode so that we feel better saying, okay, guys, talk to you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's why I'm like, I just need to do like a call to action at the end. That's the only possible ending, like how yeah. to wrap this up. Well, you know, you know what? Change.com got us a black uh, Black Widow movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe in change.com. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so would you like to hear about my story now? I'm very excited to hear your story. Yes. I am too. I am just going to give a warning. Um, I couldn't really find too much in general about this as old folk tales go. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did do is find a bunch of individual stories describing it. So it does involve a lot of death. Nobody is, like, luckily I don't have to deal with gruesome murder or anything, but it's just a lot of people die. Some children die. So prepare yourself for that. I actually wanted to talk to my grandmother about this. I've wanted to talk to her about this since we started the podcast. It was one of the things I wanted to do. Unfortunately, uh, all of Canada is on fire right now. Oh. Um, It happens every year or so, but Alberta always catches fire real bad, and... While Alberta is currently orange, so I should be thankful that we're not orange, our air is bad. Oh. And my grandmother, she has honestly like half a lung on one side and a quarter on the other. So when the air gets like this, she just closes all the doors and struggles. Oh. So I don't want to bother her when she's trying to breathe. I mean, like she would have been okay with it, but I also kind of want to, you know, how do you, hey, Nana, can you tell me about the time you predicted a death? Oh. (laughs) I was going to call yeah. this morning and I realized, like, no, I can't. I, eh, that's not really. So next time I talk to her, I will get any stories and maybe I'll include them in a uh, one of my day trips. Okay. But both yeah. my grandmother and my father have had experiences with this. Ooh. And like I said, my dad, he actually, I think I texted you as soon as this happened. Because we were talking about starting a podcast and I said yeah I could do like the forerunners of Cape Breton and my dad says I've seen one and oh. I'm like what the fuck yes and, but of course my dad just I've seen one and then he left he walked oh. away <laughs> and I sat there with mom and I was stunned like I was probably a little childish because I just my dad's never played this game you know right. when I was in Lewisburg he made fun of my brother and I he's never done this and now right. he's telling me he's seen like something that predicts death yeah. And oh. I'm like, what the fuck? I was so excited. And then he came back out, and I, the way he did it, he wasn't, he came back out and just gave me the short details of what happened and then walked away again. So yeah. I won't share it just because he didn't seem to be in love with sharing the idea with me. Um, yeah. But it was just, I was stunned that he had that happen. And my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, I've been told for quite a while, my grandmother has seen many forerunners. Oh. So I... I get nervous looking out windows sometimes now because of that too. I don't want to see one. Ooh, yes. So this, this is my my uh, this is my story. I am telling you about the forerunners, um, which predict death basically. Okay. Uh, I also think forerunners are very interesting because they can be seen by seers. However, unlike most things, if you can't see them, a lot of people can still feel or hear them. Which I think is interesting because most things like, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, good, good. Most things like that, you know, some like ghosts, 
Some people see yeah. them, some people don't. But it appears that like a lot of people can experience them. Oh. Um, I actually, I assume there's a lot of people who just don't get to see them at all. But I was surprised mm-hmm. that a lot of the stories included just like I could feel it. I could hear it, but I couldn't see anything. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, so basically, our loved ones in their, in their afterlife spend a lot of time getting ready for us. And there's actually a lot of things in this that I'm, it's going to be warm and fuzzy. Um, and then when you think about it too much, you're going to get depressed. So don't think about it too much, okay? Okay. Okay. So forerunners are kind of like a, they come in a lot of varying ways. The ones I was always told was the horse and carriage. Mm-hmm. A black horse and carriage will pull up in front of the house if that happens, because someone's leaving in that horse and carriage soon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Some of them also come in the form of like a funeral per procession but they come before you die Mm. so if you see or hear one you can assume that someone nearby is going to die shortly um i don't know too much where about where they come from i assume that came across the gaelics when they came from scotland um so here's some stories so i've got i've got varying different types of forerunners and for each one i have a couple stories describing how that happens so my first story a man often visited his sick relative One night while he was visiting the relative, it seemed like his health had been declining very quickly. So he stayed a little later than than usual, you know, just in case. Sources say many people don't like to go into the roads at night because they worry they are more likely to see forerunners there. So, you know, just avoid it and it won't happen. That's not how that works. Uh, So he, when he finally went home, it was quite late at night and he suddenly felt overwhelmed by something. Uh, the word I saw was he felt like he was being smothered. When he finally made his way to the side of the road, he heard wagon wheels on the road and feet marching. Once the sound had left, he made his way home, planning to go home, go back in the morning to see if there were any tracks. The next morning, not only were there no tracks, but unfortunately his relative had passed in the night. So it doesn't always need to be relatives, though. Uh, One night, two women were walking home and they felt something smothering them so much so that they felt like they were being carried along with it. So it kind of sounds like they were in a very dense crowd. Oh. Uh, they got home, and the next day, while walking the same route, they came across a real funeral procession going down the road. Oh. Yeah, so uh, then again, you also have to remember, like, nowadays, if someone dies tonight, the funeral procession won't be tomorrow. Right. But in the past, you didn't really have formaldehyde and freezers. Right. So they move quick. So spirits don't just come with a procession, but some of them will actually start making your coffin for you. I I guess, I guess, I like the idea. So it kind of sounds like you die and you have your living funeral. And then at the end of your living funeral, you kind of just go into your afterlife funeral. Okay. And like, I kind of like to think about it, like maybe one is a goodbye party with your living family. And then one is a welcome home. Or welcome to the new afterlife party with your ancestors. Oh, Which okay. I, I'm actually, that's my new religion. I like to imagine I'm going to get out of my grave, say goodbye to whoever's still alive, and just be met with a ton of barking and meowing. <laughs> yes. And that is now, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that because it makes me happy. Yes. So people often say that they can hear hammering and sawing before someone dies as their afterlife coffin is being made. So I have a story from the 2000s. Some men arrived at a house to start building a coffin for a man who recently passed. 
As they offloaded the wood from the truck, a lady, a relative of a man, came out and asked them to please finish the job this time. For many nights in the winter, she heard them working and they never produced the finished, finished product. She even said that she was scared she was hearing the ghost building coffins, but it was, it was mostly just annoying and she needs to go to sleep. Oh. I like that idea. Like, it could be ghosts, yeah. but either way, I want to sleep and stop it. Yeah. At this time, however, another man who lives in the house came in and told her that he had been hearing them as well, but he was scared to tell anyone because he knew no living people had been making coffins in the night. And oh. uh, once the coffin had been built for the man who actually passed, the noises were never heard again. Yes. Don't like that. So this is, I think this is the saddest story I have. So just a warning. Um, some people recognize the sounds that they hear and accept them. Uh, as we learned in the story, in the past stories, ignoring what you're seeing or hearing will not change the outcome. So there were two young women who were sitting in the evening with a very young sick child. Suddenly there were sounds of sawing and hammering from the workshop. They looked outside and saw no one seemed to be in the workshop. And they looked in in the grandfather's room, who, it was his workshop, but he was sound asleep. One of the women accepted what was happening and said something along the lines of, the spirits are making the coffin that grandfather will have to make tomorrow. Sure enough, the next day, the child had passed and the grandfather went out to start working on the, co on the coffin. Oh. Which is just really sad. You forget the kids can die too. Oh. Okay. Okay. Birds. I actually had a real hard time writing these notes. Okay. Um, birds can also be seen as forerunners. Um, I actually, I do know. I, I was once sitting on the um in my grandmother's living room one time, and a crow landed on the deck, and I said that to her like, "Oh, look, a crow!" Because different birds excite me. Right. Um, and she refused to turn around and look at it. She told me that it means someone is going to die. And I don't recall this for sure, but I do think that was shortly before my grandfather's best friend passed away. <gasps> so, again, not looking at it doesn't make a difference, but at least we could pretend we didn't see it. Yeah. Oh. It's quite similar to if you ever go to a Cape Breton's house, I think yellow roses are funeral roses. Don't bring them over. Oh. Yes, so I, I just don't buy my grandmother any flowers because of her lungs, any of the pollen. I can't remember which ones. So I just decide not to do any of them. Right. But my dad is always, do not buy yellow roses. Yes. And then, of course, my brain doesn't work right. And I go, well, was it yellow daffodils? No, pink <laughs> roses. No pink roses. <laughs> so I just skip flowers because I can never remember what works. So right. animals in general are believed to see and sense more than we can, which we all knew that. Yes. If a dog starts howling for no reason, it is because someone will die soon. Oh. Uh. So, <laughs> I know. There was a story of two girls out swimming when a friendly crow visited. One girl was surprised by how tame it was and tried to catch it. However, the other girls recognized it for what it was and told, them, told the girl that they needed to leave. While on the way home, the chickens were crowing, even though it was not usual time for them to crow. However, if anyone's been around chickens, they know all they do is crow. Like that whole bullshit where they crow in the morning and it's like, no, they crow at four, they crow at 11, they don't care. Yeah. But the next day, the family was notified that their uncle had drowned. Which makes oh. me wonder too, like, was the crow possibly him visiting? Oh. Yes. Um, so, so, okay, so this one's wild. These, the next one, next few are crazy. 
So another story includes a whole community. Every night at seven o'clock, a whole for a whole month, people could see a train coming. It would be all lit up, but no people could be seen on it. When brave people would venture closer to the tracks to see the train, there would be no train. While the people further away would still be able to see it. On the last day, a man was hit by the train and killed, just where the phantom train would start, and the train was never seen again. So it seems to be like, you know, how you get, uh, what is it called? What do you call the reoccurring ghosts? Residual hauntings. Yeah. But it seems to be like the opposite of residual hauntings, where it starts before someone dies to warn you something is going to happen. Ooh. <laughs> Trains were actually pretty common um, forerunners, as unfortunately... Mm -hmm. What a coincidence you covered that story. Wow. Wait, whoa. Trains, trains cover, unfortunately caused a lot of death. Oh. So there were a lot of ones with trains. Um, there are some areas that would actually could, could, be, could see and hear trains up to like 100 years before a train track was even built in that town. Whoa. Yeah, which is wild. Wow. Um, so I always heard that a forerunner is just a single carriage, like mm -hmm. death was here to pick you up. Yeah. However, and I like this, it makes sense too. With the advancement of technology, the forerunner has also advanced. Some people can now see black cars showing up. Oh, okay. Which like, I mean, I get yeah. that. It's like, mm -hmm. it'd be kind of weird if, you know, I was going to my funeral and you showed up with a horse and carriage. Like, no, I don't <laughs> Yeah, I'll show up with like a black Lamborghini or something. That works. I don't. You just fold me up and put me in the trunk. <laughs> a black Porsche. <laughs> no, I want an Escalade with all spinning rims. I'm there we go. Style. <laughs> a black limousine. That, that works too. That works. You can yeah. actually fit my coffin in there too. Then I don't know how you're getting it out the door though. <laughs> a bendy one. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So as as we've seen, sometimes the foreign at forerunner reenacts the death long before it happens a boy once returned home oh this one okay prepare yourself uh once returned home to find his sister dead on the bed he was very confused and shocked because he had seen her recently and she was very healthy however a month later he was called to come home because his sister had passed away when he got home he had found her laying on the bed exactly as, as he had seen her earlier oh yeah. okay okay so one night, a doctor was riding his horse home, and suddenly it stopped and refused to move, because animals can sense shit. Mm -hmm. So a light appeared, and he saw the face of a child in it. The light came up to him and slowly passed as if it was going down the road like another car. And once, the, once it passed, the horse continued to go home with no problem. A week later, a family was riding the same road, and their wagon lost a wheel and crashed. The doctor was called to the scene, and he found a young child had died, and he recognized the face from the bright light. Oh. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to quote the source, because this kind of goes through the uh, details. Mm -hmm. A light uh, seen going very quickly toward a... Oh, hold on. Oh, yes. A light seen going very quickly toward a graveyard was regarded as a, as a sure sign of death. A clear round light indicated the death of a man. A light with little rays or sparks after it was a, was going to be a woman. If you see the house the light started from, you would know who was going to or where the, the victim would be from. A falling meteor brought death to someone belonging to the person who saw it, which that to me, it, I, I don't want to know. Like, like a shooting star? 
Like if you see a meteor falling, yeah, yeah. But I would also think some of this stuff, like, you know, that could be, again, I don't want to say anything is wrong because people really do believe in this, but I think right. stuff like the falling meteor, before we knew what it was, that could be very scary. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so a death itself could also foreshadow more deaths, which is fun. Well, and, it, it's that rule of, like, it comes in threes. Yes, yep. Which, yep. whenever a celebrity dies, I'm just kind of counting. Who's mm -hmm. next? Mm -hmm. So, a death itself could also foreshadow more deaths. If a corpse does not stiffen up at a regular pace, it means someone else will die shortly. Eat. Yes. Okay, so some forerunners are specific to certain families. So, the last story I'm going to tell, it's still sad, but, like, it's kind of heartwarming as well. So hopefully that's a good place to end off. Okay. So in the 1800s, there was a shepherd who had a lovely dog named Lady. They went everywhere together, and they had a beautiful relationship. Uh, normally when he was coming home from work, he would do a whistle while he was relatively close to home, and the dog would hear, and she'd come out and meet him and walk home with him. Mm. One day, the man was sent to war, and the dog was too heartbroken to return home. Instead, she joined a pack of wolves and became wild. She raised several pups that grew up wild, often attacking the village sheep. Two years later, the man returned home from war, and he was told, like, you know, your dog, she's uh, wild, and she's kind of a problem, so you're probably not going to get her back. But he went out looking for her, and he did his whistle that, you know, he used to do. And she recognized the whistle, and she ran up to greet him. Unfortunately, her pups misunderstood, and they thought they were attacking she no. tried, yes. Uh, she tried to, this is sad, but it gets warm in a second. She tried to protect him, but they attacked her as well. They were both gravely injured, but their relationship was so close that the priest actually allowed them to be buried together. Oh. Now, 200 years later, his descendants say that they, they are still visited by a dog when someone is about to die. They believe she is coming to comfort them. Oh, which I, as an, anim as an animal lover who's lost a lot of animals, I really love that thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm going to cry, and I'm just going to... Well, it's been great talking to you, Maddie. Oh, oh that's it. <laughs> that's oh. it. Oh, oh. Good cases. Good, good info about forerunners. Yeah, like, I always thought that it was just a car that came, but, of course, my grandmother says the birds as well. So mm -hmm. I've heard, but kind of anything that can predict death. But I was really surprised that a lot of people, just because you can't see it, you can still hear it. Right. Right, right, right. So. Oh, I definitely believe in that as well. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm a very superstitious person. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, like I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you've heard of like gray men and gray ladies and like, that walk like the coastline and if you see a gray man or a gray lady walking the coastline that means a hurricane is coming and someone no will die. i haven't especially yeah i come from a hurricane country yeah that i hear that all the time in like south carolina and north carolina okay yeah so i i definitely believe in that so i definitely believe that like animals sent something especially when like they go quiet yeah, animals and babies. Animals and babies. And when they just stare into space, like when my cat used to just stare into space, I'm like, what are you looking at? What are yes, you looking Morgan at? Yes, Morgan does that every once in a while. And it's like, stop. I'll just, I'm like, I'll, stop. I'll just kick him off the bed. Like, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I need to go get the sage. Stop, please. 
Well, and like I've t- I told you, I think in our first episode, I told you about the time Natasha was a baby and we were staying at the hotel and she'd wake up at 10 and just scream and then go back to sleep. Yeah. yeah and then we yeah. moved to a new room and we didn't have that issue. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, no, kids, and like, you know, not to quote the Santa Claus, but adults just can't believe. Yeah. Babies are more open to stuff like that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, well, and I also think just literally animal senses are stronger than ours. So smells and sounds and like movement that we can't pick up, they should be able to. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd be kind of meh other than the fact that my dad says he's seen it. And yeah. my dad is just, I, I always feel weird saying this because I'm not calling you and I unsensible, but my dad is such a scientific person, I should say. Right. There we go. Right. That yeah, when he's he was like a skeptic. Yeah. Of. Well, I've never, he always laughs at my ghost stories and I have a handful of them and he just, oh, he'll tell, he'll tell people when we're like, oh yeah, Sabrina's a believer in that stuff. Not in such a condescending way as I did it, but in a way where it's like, yeah, I believe you don't believe. But when he said he saw it, it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And he would have been young as well. Like, I don't exactly know how old he was when it, when it happened, uh, but I do think he was around five or six. Right. So younger uh-huh. as well, but it's it's something if he still remembers. True. Yeah, very true. But yeah, I'll definitely talk to my grandmother. Um, and I won't, and, you know, just tell, tell me about Forerunners if you want to tell me about your experiences. That's cool too. I just yeah. didn't think calling her at like, 11 a.m. and being like, hey, I know you're not feeling great and you're super scratchy, but can you tell me about this stuff? True, 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 true. Yes. Okay, so Maddie, where are we going to go next? All right, guys, thank you for flying with us today. Join us in two weeks as we prepare your flight to New York City, New York, the Big Apple, baby. (laughs) Be sure to comment and share wherever you find your podcast. I've I've got the crime. I've already got my crime. It's the bad day. You got your crime? Oh. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad date, but I do think he's trying to sell me on MLM now. So. Oh my gosh. Because oh. I'm there, like, no, no, thank you. Okay, bye. 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 date with. I'll come to Winnipeg to see you, and it's like you will not. You will. No, no, absolutely not, sir. Absolutely not. Okay, right. so I will see you guys in New York. New York City, yes. And on that note, thanks so much for listening, and stay terrified. Bye. Bye. Thank you.